From the Thai Cats Audio Network, this is Thai Cats Today with Braden Neville. On today's episode, I catch up with head coach and offensive coordinator Scott Milanovic as we discuss tons of signings and re-signings the team made so far this offseason, and we look ahead to the 2024 season. It's Friday, March 1st, 2024, and this is Cats Today. Happy Friday, everyone. A special one for me. It's my birthday, so I'll be hanging out with some friends and family tonight, maybe doing a little bit of karaoke. Who knows? We'll see if you see me at a karaoke bar and I'm singing. I suggest you probably go to the next room because you do not want to hear what's coming out of my mouth. We'll see how that goes, but a very special episode for you today as I caught up with head coach Scott Milanovic to talk about this wild offseason the Ticats have had and to break down some of the signings and re-signings we've seen over the past month. Coach, thanks for joining me today. I know it's been very busy for you in the last few months. No, my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Now, it's been a busy offseason for you and the team, so I want to jump into some of the signings and re-signings that have happened since we last spoke. And the first one is the return of Tim White, such a big piece of that offense. But but what can he bring to this offense? And do you feel like he's a guy who continues to get better as he goes on in the CFL? Yeah, I mean, obviously I have, what, 10 weeks or so of history with Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, led the league in receiving, super talented, athletic, uh, fast, intelligent, will block. I, I mean, shows up to practice every day, doesn't say a lot. You know, Tim is the kind of guy, he's a coach's dream. He just does what he, what you're asked, uh, does it at a high level, competes on game day. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're thrilled to have him back. It's a great job by Ed and his guys. Yeah, I mean, he, he was the one guy that Ticats fans, you could see them online. Everyone was saying, let's get Tim back, and very exciting to see him return. Another receiver who had his first full season last year was Terry Godwin and, and had a tremendous year, close to 1,000 yards receiving. How big is it to get another piece like him back on that receiving core as well? Yeah, Terry's a talented guy. I had actually history with Terry uh, when he was in the practice squad in Jacksonville, so I've known him for quite a long time. Good route runner, uh, really good hands, ability to, to change directions get out of his break um you know usually that second year of playing is is the opportunity that where you see guys make the big leap from a statistical standpoint so we're looking forward to seeing what terry can do and also a, a great personality one of those guys who just kind of sparks everyone around the room when you talk to him so another guy who i was excited to see back a, a new signing that happened yesterday thaddeus moss a guy with a tremendous family history obviously with his dad being randy moss but also a guy who's been successful himself a championship at lsu and a guy who broke records there he spent some time in the nfl but also a tight end so a little little different what can you say about him yeah i spoke with thaddeus this morning um you know, we, we utilized the tight end, and mm-hmm. uh, we did it quite a bit last year, particularly on first down. Uh, it's not something you see a ton of in the CFL, but it's something that we did a little bit when I was in, in Montreal, too. It just it opens up some avenues, um, having, having a tight end. You know, last year we used an extra offensive lineman most of the time, mm-hmm. and obviously that limits you to some degree um, in terms of that guy being a pass receiver. So. Uh, something that we're looking at this year. Uh, we've got a couple of them that we've brought in, but uh, looking forward to Thaddeus. Obviously, uh, a ton of talent, um, great lineage, uh, you know, of coming from from what his dad has done, a national mm-hmm. championship at LSU, great receiving, good run blocker. So we'll, we'll see what those guys can do. We're excited about it. What, what kind of difference is it going from being a tight end in like the NFL and in college football as opposed to the CFL? What's the difference there? I think it's, you know, there's a, there's a couple things. I, I think, first of all, it's how they're used. 
Um, <laughs> most of the true tight ends in the CFL really are utilized more like H-backs or fullbacks. Um, when you see somebody being an on-the-ball tight end and in our league, it's usually an extra offensive lineman. Not always, but it usually is. So I think there's a, a little bit of an adjustment in terms of like our offensive linemen that come from, from down south. That yard yeah. off the ball, the timing of when you can get your hands on a guy, um, I think there's a, a little bit of an adjustment there. As far as route running and you know the types of routes that we'll ask him to run, that will be, uh, I think, very easy for those guys to, to transition to. Yeah, and I'm speaking to him yesterday. He seems like he's already been been doing his homework on that. You also added a little bit of national depth in Luther Hakunavanu and Brendan O'Leary Orange. But what does that mean to have those guys, those national players, coming and signing here? Well, it's important as you try to figure out your roster and and where you're going to play your seven Canadians, not only where you're going to start them, but also what you've got in terms of of depth to to handle the injuries that inevitably happen for every team. So um, I think Ed and his staff have done a good job of, of addressing that. I'm excited about both of those guys. Obviously, with with Keandre coming back, that gives us three guys that, that we know are yeah. going to be healthy that, that have played a lot of football. So um, I'm excited about seeing where we, where we need to put those guys. That's still going to be a learning process for me is, is in terms of just where where they're going to fit the best for us, but um, certainly guys that are, that are in the mix for some playing time. Yeah, you mentioned Keandre. What can you say about the kind of the strides he was able to make last season? He seemed like he was able to be an impact guy a lot of the time in many games. Yeah, again, I, I obviously didn't have a lot of history with, with Key in, until this year, uh, but I did see him make tremendous strides in the second half of the year. And he's, mm-hmm. he's not afraid. He likes to be out there. He'll be physical. There's things that, that he needs to work on, but I, I think that this next year is a, a great opportunity for him to separate himself and and show that he can be one of the better uh, better receivers in our league. I want to talk about this defense. A lot of things that I love that you guys have done on this defense, especially that D-line, and I want to talk about Brandon Barlow, a guy with nine sacks last year in just 14 games, a big addition to that D-line, a guy who's very competitive, and even talking with him, he seems raring and ready to go. But, but how much does he add to that D-line? Yeah, you know, a lot of these guys, this is the exciting part. A lot of these guys we're talking about, like Keandre, um, Tim White, Brand, these guys are are just, feel like they're just kind of coming into their own. And uh, just watching film this week, he's been jumping out uh, of the screen because he's got such a high motor. He never stops. He'll redirect. He'll spin back inside and gets involved in plays. You know, we think about him in terms of rushing the passer, but in terms of just creating havoc in the run game, um, I think he's going to do wonders for us. We're, we're really excited about these guys. Yeah, you mentioned kind of a little bit about the age of these guys. A lot of these guys are in their second, third years in the CFL, and, and they've already gotten off the hot starts. I'm noticing this team almost looks a little bit younger almost. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly, honestly, what, what our age was a year ago, but mm-hmm. I feel the same. I feel the same. Yeah, usually coaches, personnel stuff, they expect the biggest transitions to be made in the second contract. So the fact that we're getting these up and comers um, that we believe are going to make that leap to become not just good players, but elite players, you know, that always remains to be seen. You got to prove it on the field, but um, you know, like every other team in the CFO, we're feeling good about what we've done in the off season and we're going to have to prove it once, once we start to uh, lace them up for real. Another big addition to that line, Dwayne Hendricks played with Barlow last year, six sacks, a guy who's won in this league before. Is he another guy that, that kind of you see fitting in with, with Barlow and with 
Davis and Sales, one of those guys who can really add to this already powerful D line. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you, you know, he he's got some history. He's got a little bit of a Pittsburgh background, so he yeah. and I hit that <laughs> off quick. He lives in Pittsburgh still. Loves that blue collar work ethic. Wanted to be a part of a blue collar team. Uh, I think he's found that. Uh, you know, the thing that doesn't really come out in the media or on interviews is just the feeling you get for guys. Like the first time I called them after we found out we were going to sign them, just how excited they are, how, how fired up they are to play and, and, and to play in the, in the black and gold. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I think Ed and his guys have done a good job. Uh, they're going to have to prove it now that, now that we've got them here. And once we lace up the, the cleats, but um, we're really excited about where we're trying to. Coach, when these guys get signed, are you reaching out to them right away? letting them know where they fit or, or are you just letting that play out as it does? Um, it depends. It depends what they want to know. I mean, guys like those guys have a pretty good idea, um, mm-hmm. you know, from Ed and his staff of, of how we see them. For me, it's mostly just saying hello and introducing myself and learning a little bit about, um, you know, their family life or whatever the case may be, where they're living, you know, just, uh, just kind of getting a feel for the personality. Did you and Ed, are you constantly, I guess, keeping in touch about what's going on as this offseason unfolds? You're, you're, you're talking pretty much every day when it comes to this and signings and re-signings? Yeah, if we're not talking, we're texting. I mean, yeah. Ed and I both probably are men of few words. We're not big phone <laughs> guys. But yeah. when the need arises, for sure, we're, we're jumping on a, on a call or, or we'll even have you know a number of Zooms with everybody involved with O and, and his whole staff. So... Uh, yeah, we're we're on the same page, I think, and um, I think Ed and I see things the same way very, very often, which is uh, a good relationship to have with the general manager. Another guy I wanted to mention here is Jamal Davis, a guy who came in late last year. He re-signed now. He's going to be here for the year next year. Is he a guy you can see making some some strides here heading into next season? Yeah, I'd say he fits into that same category. Yeah, he's twitchy. You know, he he came in a couple weeks after I got there last year, and immediately. We could see, I should speak for other, I could see this guy's a little different. This guy's a little bit twitchy. He can get up the field. He can he can go speed to power and, and, and dent the pocket. So um, I don't know him as well. I didn't have a great opportunity to get to, get to know him last year, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, providing much needed depth across the board on our defensive line, all of these guys. You know, mm-hmm. and you can get into a situation where you can give them breaks because you've got enough talent to put another guy in there. Uh, it only makes all of them better. So, um, yeah, we're excited about him as well. It seems like there's a lot of these guys on the D-line that are very good at getting to the quarterback. Is that almost what you're going for? I mean, obviously, I'm being on a D-line, but it seems like these guys are a lot of speed and strength on that defensive line. Yeah, there were times last year where, you know, it wasn't my responsibility because I wasn't that coach, but there were times last yeah. year where I felt like Mark had to manipulate pass rush, mm-hmm. meaning he had to blitz or bring this guy or bring and then that's great. Everybody does that. But it'd be nice if, if we can just rush forward from time to time, play coverage, and still be able to get to the quarterback. I think that makes Mark's job a lot easier. It makes the, the secondary's job a lot easier. And really, that's what D-linemen like to do. You know, they don't, they don't always want the help from a blitzing linebacker or whatever the case may be. But it makes us more difficult to prepare for, I think, from a defensive standpoint when teams know you know, you're, you're potentially rushing five or six defenders. There's only yeah. a limited number of coverages you can play behind that, and that can make it easier for them to scheme. So the fact that we may be able to rush four and get home, I think that'll help us a lot. I want to move to a new member of the secondary, Jamal Peters. He was a guy who, when I talked to him, he sounded 
more excited than anyone almost to be a part of this smash mouth Hamilton football. It seems like he's already bleeding the black and gold, but why did this, the decision to, to bring him over and down the QEW here to Hamilton? Well, I can't think of a reason not to. Yeah. He's long. He's great cover guy. He's physical. He's got attitude. Um, you know, with, with Simone retiring, you know, you've got to replace energy guys like that guys that are heart and soul and and mindset guys particularly on defense you need it on offense too yeah particularly on defense i think he's that kind of guy i think uh you know i got a i got some texts from a number of players that i used to coach around the league that they kept saying i think this guy fits you guys' defense perfectly so um i think he's a natural fit you know it feels <laughs> like he should have always been in the black and gold to me no, I, I agree with you 100% there. And, and I want to touch on Simone, obviously retiring and everything he's been able to do for the city of Hamilton and for this team. But but how big was it and how big was he for this city during his time here? I know you only spent a short period of time with him, but. Yeah, uh, you know, I had the unique, I guess, experience of playing against him and coaching against him for all yeah. those years. And, and I told him this, he knows this. I always felt like he was the heart and soul of the Hamilton Tigers. I thought he was the difference. Now, they always had great players, offensively and defensively, but there was just an attitude, a mindset, a physicality, um, you know, defending the brand. I mean, it, all those things. I felt that from the other sideline. And then it was great for me to be able to be on the same side with him and um, th this past year and just see – you know how authentic it is, his love for the game, all, everything he's done. Um, you know, it's uh, well-deserved how, how, how beloved he is in the city of Hamilton and happy he gets to, to, to stay a part of that. What was it like coaching against Simone Lawrence and when he's, you know, prime Simone, even last year he was, I could say he was almost like he was in his prime, but what was it like when you had him on the opposing defense against your offense? Well, you had to account for him all the time because he was a, a total game wrecker from yeah. every standpoint, from – when he blitzed, he sack fumble. When you you know when he dropped in the coverage, he'd hit somebody running a shallow cross and and get a turnover. If you made a mistake, he intercepted it, and and then he and he didn't miss tackles. Yeah, and all the while doing it physically and in a way that was intimidating. And so he was like that guy you had to constantly be like, okay, how are we going to manage Simone? Are we going to run at him? We're going to run away from him? You know, how are we going to keep him from from him winning the game if they beat us they beat us but we can't have him disrupting this game yeah well i mean such an exciting guy and an incredible career for simone coach two months away from being back at ron joyce training camp seems like it's getting closer and closer here what do these next couple months look like for you and the rest of this coaching staff as you get prepared yeah we're in the full swing now um from a personnel standpoint we'll, we'll start doing the coaches will start getting more included into the, the CFL draft stuff, which we haven't messed with a lot at this point. Yeah. We're kind of both finalized. We've been meeting for a month and a half. We're finalizing both sides, offensive, defensive, special teams, um, you know, getting playbooks done, getting ready to script for training camp, all those sorts of things. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a daily deal now. It's as if, it's as if we're into it, but um, later next month we'll be, we'll be in, a lot of us will be in Winnipeg for the combine and, before you know it, um, we'll be getting ready to go. So just trying to make sure all our I's are dotted and T's are crossed and we've thought of everything.
Well, Coach, I'll uh, let you get to it. I appreciate you joining me here today. And great to go over some of these guys because so many signings and so many things that have happened since we last spoke. So once again, head coach and offensive coordinator, Scott Milanovich, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Braden. That was head coach and offensive coordinator Scott Milanovich. Before we go, Cats fans, a final reminder that the Tiger Cats are looking for the next brand ambassadors to perform on game days and attend community events throughout the season. They go to all sorts of events throughout the city and around the area. Auditions will be held March 3rd. That's this Sunday at Tim Wardens Field. Follow at Dance Cheer Ticats on Instagram for the most up-to-date information. That's all the time for me today. I want to thank you for tuning in to Ticats today.